Alright, we're back here again, Cleveland Sportsman X. Nick Moyer here with co-host Owen Herndon. How you doing today, Owen? I'm doing great today. So today we're going to be talking mainly about the Indians. We're going to touch a little bit on the Browns offseason and then just talk about our MLB predictions for this year. So let's start off first with spring training. So we start off against the Reds today, 3.05. And then we play Diamondbacks, Rangers, Rockies. And then for the first game of the year, it is against the Twins, right? Yeah, it's in Minnesota. It's not that we don't have a home. O- we don't have the home opener until. So that's uh, March twenty eighth, and then let's see April first against the White Sox. Indeed, home opener, two game series against them, and then uh, we have another. Let's see, four game series against uh, Blue Jays. So should be a good start. All right, speaking about the Indians, let me do a uh, score cap around the league. As of right now, <clears throat> the Marlins are beating the Cardinals one nothing in the bottom of the third. The Twins are losing 6-1 to to the Orioles in the bottom of the third. Pirates are winning against the Phillies in the bottom of the fourth. The Red Sox are winning 6-3 over the Yankees in the bottom of the third. In Cleveland, we were all happy for that. The Tigers are winning 4-0 over the Blue Jays. The Mets are beating the Braves 3-2 in the bottom of the third. Those are the scores around today in the league. So, let's look at the impact on free agency on the Indians. So, obviously, Indians are a lot more quiet than any of us wanted them to be considering they're likely going to go to the playoffs. So, biggest name in frequency, Bryce Harper, still not signed as of right now currently. Um, Manny Machado got a 10-year, $300 million deal. So what do you think that impacts for the Cleveland Indians with regards of Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor? They're coming up on contracts over the next couple of years, likely wanting a deal similar to that. So what do you think about that? I think it's going to make the Dolan Twins have to pick and choose between one of them and not just give one or just not split the money and lowball them like they have done in the past and just got rid of people. Like, mm-hmm. look at Andrew Miller, Michael Brantley. They all walked. Yeah. Well, we, didn't we train Andrew Miller? Or did he walk? He walked. Because I know, I know Brantley walked, which I want to point out, training Jan Gomes was terrible. I'm like, he had two, when you get him to hit 250 in the league, and yeah. that's the best catcher in the league, like when we were playing against the Royals, and it's 25 degrees out, and he's still throwing people out at second base. That's pretty good. Yeah, so... I honestly think, who would you rather keep long-term, Jose or Francisco? Probably Francisco Lindor, but I don't I don't know, because Jose Ramirez is really good, too. I really think both of them are top ten players in the league. I really think that just because of them alone, we're going to make the playoffs, just because we have, like, we have no depth. I think it's kind of obvious, especially with our bullpen and our bats. It's mainly that we have so many stars that kind of carry us throughout the postseason. Um... Yeah, with saying that, I would rather keep Francisco as well. I feel like Jose is great, but I feel like Francisco really embodies what it means to be a Cleveland Indian, like his love for the game and just the passion he brings. So, also say, so let's look at some of the moves in Gene Six. Obviously, they weren't that many. We did the huge, like you said earlier, Jan Gomes, who traded him. We signed Trevor Bauer to arbitration, and then we had um, we lost a ton of people, which really hurt us. We Lost Napoli, he retired. You know he didn't have a big role. Um, let's see, we signed Danny Salazar, kept his arbitration. For agency, we signed Matt Joyce, Ryan Flaherty, A.J. Cole, <coughs> uh, A.J. Cole, and Hugo Villalpos. Yeah, but the, mainly not about the Indians gaining people, it's who we lost. So we lost Michael Brantley. Adam Rosells, Oliver Perez, Josh Donaldson, Lonnie Chisenhall, Josh Tomlin, Milky Cabrera, Rajay Davis, Cody Allen, um, Andrew Miller, 
probably our biggest loss, him or Brantley. And then, uh, Jan Gomes, I think, was our biggest loss when we traded him to the Nationals because we had yeah. nothing back, and they were like, oh, we got cut or Roberto Perez. I don't think Liber- Roberto Perez is good at all. One thing I really question is the trade we got to get who's the guy from the Rays we acquired? The who? The guy we got from the Rays that was a part of like the Jan Gomes deal. You know what I'm talking about right there? Bauer? Yeah, Jake Bowers. Jake Bowers, yep. So we got him. Hopefully adds pitching set because we really need it as of right now. And then uh, we tra- trade away Carlos Santana, or we got Carlos Santana from trading away Edwin Encarnacion. I'm so glad they took up that contract. That contract was like Jimmy Collins for the Browns. It's a bad contract, but I feel like you're making a huge downgrade from Encarnacion to Carlos Santana, who obviously we didn't sign the first time. So he left us last year in pregnancy at this time, then signed with the Phillies, then he got traded midseason to Seattle, and now he's traded for Edwin. So he's back in Cleveland where he started his career. So what do you think is like what do you think the future is for the Cleveland Indians this year? Do you think obviously it's kinda of known we're probably gonna make the playoffs just because our division's so bad, but do you think we're gonna, you know, potentially make a run at the World Series? Cause as of right now we have the fifth best or fifth best odds to win the World Series. But certainly in Cleveland, it doesn't feel like that. Well, right now, I'm looking at ESPN.com. The Indians are ranked sixth in the power rankings over the entire league. Uh, their World Series odds are 10 to 1. And I was reading something that the Cle- uh, the Plain Dealer posted this morning, and it said the Indians are predicted around 96 wins. Yeah. Um, I think the Indians are going to go around 85. They're going to win the division because the Tigers, the Royals, and the White Sox all have been in comas since about... Yeah. Just Madison or Justin Verlander left. Um, the Royals won the World Series and the uh, I lost everyone really. Yep, and but the only people who I think could give us a run for our money are the Twins. Yeah, I would agree with that. The Twins had an interesting year because two years ago, obviously when the Indians had that huge record streak, it was like twenty three games in a row we won. And then twenty two. Twenty two. Sorry, my bad. So with that is the Twins. That they had a really good year, but obviously with that record streak, you can't really keep up with it. I mean, last year, they were a huge disappointment. I saw some, even for how good the Indians were last year, that said the Twins could have won the division. It ended up being a huge disappointment. So, my question with that, do you think the Twins have a chance to knock off the Indians after all the people we lost? Yeah. Because remember, we'd always play them, too. Even the year before that, when we won 18 straight, we went into, like, the 20th inning against the Twins. They always give us a run for their money. Yeah. All right, who do you think... We'll, we'll probably just go with this. We'll probably agree, both agree with that Corey Kluber's going to start opening today, right? I mean, I imagine so. He has the last couple of years. So his, his um, last year, his e his ERA was 2.89. His uh, war percentage was 5.8. He had a 27, 20-7 win-loss record, and he pitched 33 games total. He pitched 215 innings. I mean, he's still the ace. I don't know if he's the ace that he was, especially as point of his career where he was like Cy Young after Cy Young and he's a two time Cy Young one. Yeah, think so just that? after he dominated for so long, I feel like he's on the downcline. But at the same time you can I don't think you can trade him because he is your ace in the win now will be you need a good pitching staff. And that's the one thing that the Indians are lucky they have. They have Carrasco, Bauer, Clevenger, and Kluber. And then you know he'll hopefully the Bowers can hopefully develop and then Bullpen's not that great, but hopefully that, you know do you know we had Corey Kluber for eight years now? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because I remember when uh, Justin Masterson. Was yeah, here. Justin Masterson was like our number one pitcher, 
and then we ended up trading him for like almost nothing. And then all of a sudden Kluber came out of nowhere. And then you had Bauer and Carrasco kind of flourish, and now later you have just uh, Clevenger starting to break out. I think Salazar needs to learn. I'm kind of mad that we lost uh, Mickey Callaway. Speaking about losing all these players, what was your favorite moment with all these? With the recent run? Yep. Or just in, like all all time, like my. Like, my favorite, I wasn't laughing for this, but my favorite moment of all time is probably when Albert Bell hit, fit, the only man to ever hit 50 doubles, 50 home runs in the same season. Yeah. Um, I would probably say the World Series run, even though I ended up losing. Because for a stretch which, of time. Which year, 94 or 90, The one currently, to like 2016. Okay. So, we're coming off the hype from the Cavs winning the championship. So, we're all like super confident. I feel like we all had a question mark on the Indians. Like, we knew they were good, but we didn't know how good they were going to be in the postseason. So that, that was the year they won 18 straight, too, before they, yeah. before they won 22. So we had the first round. We played Boston, I remember. And I think we won in five. We were pretty good, dominant, especially for how good Boston was that year because they were the favorites to win the AL. So then once that happened, we played, we played Toronto, I believe, in the, the conference championship. Yep, so that was in Toronto, too. Yeah, so oh, I, for the, I believe the we won game. six. So it was kind of fun just to see – how far, because we just won the championship, so we we're thinking, wow, we're, we could go from not winning a championship in, like, 50 years to winning two within three months of each other. So such a neat time to be a Cleveland sports fan. And then, obviously, we were up 3-1 to one the World Series. Didn't end the way we wanted, but it was still a fantastic season. And that's the moment I probably liked the least at the same time, just because we were so close. I feel like with the core... We're on the downturn just because, you know, our pitching is probably going to leave after. Like, this is probably our last year to fully compete, which is all I'm disappointed with the free agency. But, I mean, that was the moment. You're up 3-1. to one, You just have to seal it off on one of those games and just capture the cup. But, unfortunately, we didn't do that. So, that's why we're in the situation right now. Well, speaking about blowing leads and upset, upset alert in uh, college, college basketball, we current. We're going to give it a score for a minute. Number five, Tennessee, is beaten by 13, LSU, 82-80 in overtime. 11 seed, 11 seed Marquette wins 76-58 over Providence. Right now, Kentucky is up 45-31 to Auburn. Kentucky's ranked fourth in the nation with, in the second half with 19 minutes left. Iowa State, ranked 19th, is up... Is losing twenty-seven to twenty-five to TCU in the, with four minutes left in the first half. Ohio State is currently losing to Maryland, number twenty-four in the nation, twenty-seven to twenty-one, with three minutes left in the first half. Purdue is fifteenth in the nation, which I thought they were going to lose last week. Are down twenty-seven twenty-four with seven minutes left in the first half to unranked Nebraska. Yeah. So uh, next up we have the Cleveland Browns. So obviously they had a fantastic year, seven eight and one. Now we're looking to build off that. Hopefully, I think we can all agree, playoff run. We expected this year. So now coming in, in the studio, Bryce Moyer, everyone. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you, Bryce? I'm doing pretty good. Okay. So, first off, we'll talk about, because it comes first, free agency. So you have a lot of big names coming up. I know Javion Clowney, Grady Jarrett. There's a lot of big names, especially on the defensive line. But also in the draft. So, what are some of the players you guys want to see for the Cleveland Browns uniform next year? 
well, I, there's a guy who's not as well known, but his name's Frank Clark. He's on Seattle. He's an edge rusher. I think he'll fit very well on the Browns, and he'll be a good backup, possibly starter, with Ogba and Garrett. That's probably one of the biggest disappointments of last year, as we expected with you know, all the added pressure inside that Agba was going to, you know, solidify next to Garrett, especially getting double-teamed every play, that he would just kind of, like, capti- like just catapult in the stats because we were expecting, like, he had a pretty good 2017 season, even though the team didn't after, unfortunately, until he broke his leg. But, but now you see, you know, we expected a lot, didn't turn out. So now we're looking for another pass rusher to go against Garrett. So that's who you think you can replace it with? Well, this is a very heavy defensive offseason in free agency and the draft so we're no matter what we're probably going to get someone on the defensive line and I think he'd be the best fit because he has a similar style of play that would fit with Miles Garrett and the Browns were pretty low actually in team sacks this past year I believe in the NFL they were in the lower half I think even though yeah. Miles Garrett had a very good year but um, I think they're gonna I hopefully think they're gonna get him in free agency yeah, if you look on NFL Network, their top 25 free agents, number one is Demarcus Lawrence from the Dallas Cowboys. So you look at him, amazing year two years ago. He got franchise tagged. Now he's hitting the market. So the question is, will Dallas sign him? It's kind of known that he may be able to walk because of the cap situation. But, you know, you're not sure. So, I mean, if he's on the market, do you think we should try to, like, explore finding him or trying to get him? Um, He's a very good player, but... Knowing Dorsey, I have a feeling he will go after him because he's had uh, not the greatest past uh, past experiences, Demarcus Lawrence, and um, Dorsey normally likes to go after guys like that that are very talented and haven't had good pasts and aren't are pretty well known for it. You're hundred percent right with that, especially like I'll give you an example now, Antonio Callaway, the whole drug oh. crap in Florida with his car. So that's that, that's yeah. Recently, just got uh, not charged with it too. That's good, though. So, one thing I noticed is maybe before this season, we thought, oh, this would be great for us, but safety. So, this is an extremely talented safety free agency. So, we have Earl Thomas, maybe the best free safety the last decade, part of the Legion of Boom, one of the best defenses of all time, for at least for that short period of time. Landon Collins, also one of the best players in 2016, runner-up to Defensive Player of the Year, only behind uh, Quill Mack. So, and there's also a couple other good players like HaHa Clint Dix, the Honey Badger, Marcus Joyner. So, do you think we should explore getting a safety like this, or do you think because we have Jabril Peppers, who's so similar to the Landon Collins, Tyron Matthew, that we don't need him, or do you think it would be good to complement it so that we could have both of them? Um, I think we stick with what we have because do we really want to pay that much money for a really good safety, even though Peppers has a lot of potential and Randall is a very good player? Um, I think that even though last year was a very weak safety free agency, I think this one's very strong, but I think we should stick with what we have. Yeah, I think it's questionable. And um, one person I personally want them to get more than anyone is Grady Jarrett. I feel like he is just such a great interior player, and he can help us so much. Because Agba had a, or not Agba, Ovenjobi had such a great off, kind of like season in the middle of the year, so... Because at first he was slow, then he picked it up, great, and then towards the end he kind of fell off a bit again. 
So you want a bit more production with that. And then we had a third-round pick. Chad Thomas was a D-tackle. I think if he wasn't a third-round pick this year, he wouldn't have made the team. He did absolutely nothing for us. So I think Grady Jerry would be a great person inside that can hopefully drop a couple double teams and then Miles Garrett can hopefully get more open. Speaking of expectations, uh, we have a caller in from uh, Avon, Ohio. Uh, his name is Kevin. He has asked a question. It is, uh, do you think Baker Mayfield will have the expectations of Brady? Or do you think he'll be as good as Brady or no? What do you think, Owen? I mean, there's almost no way you can live up to Brady because what Brady's done the last 18 years will never be done again for that often going to Super Bowls because like half of the decade, he's made the Super Bowls in like 9 of 18 years. So I feel like it's unfair for Baker to have those expectations. Obviously, we want it to happen. We think, you know, potentially it could happen, but so has every team the last couple of years that's had a really good quarterback like the Packers for a little bit. They thought... You know, maybe they could have something similar for Aaron Rodgers and it didn't turn out that way. So I think hopefully we can win a Super Bowl with Baker. I, don't, I think winning, what, five or six, whatever Brady has now, is almost unreasonable for it. So then another thing that is big in frequency is linebackers. So there's a ton of them this year. We have, I think, number one, J.B. on Clowney, number one pick out of South Carolina, known for that huge hit he got on the Michigan defender. And then D. Ford, who... Didn't really do well at the beginning of his career, but had a really strong season. Unfortunately, he had his last play of his season was really bad in the offsides that would have sent the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. But what do you guys think? We also have players like C.J. Mosley, Anthony Barr, who's likely to get tagged. Just saying that's a total typical Cleveland moment. My guy, my bad. Yeah. I like a guy named Brandon Graham on Philly. He's a very good and well-known player. He has a lot of experience, and he's kind of undervalued, I think. I think the Browns should try to go after him and see what they can get. Well, speaking with all these players, the Browns schedule came out about a month ago. At home, we have the AFC opponents, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, but we also play the Dolphins, winnable, Bills, winnable, Seahawks, Rams, Titans, I think they're all winnable. Then on the road, we play the AFC North again, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, the Jets, the Patriots, the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Broncos. What do, what do you expect the Browns' record to be this year? and what, like how, how far do you think they go if they go in the playoffs? I think they have to be in the division hunt. I think Cincinnati is not going to be in it. I think Baltimore from Lamar Jackson is going to burn out. So I really think it's Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And if you look at Pittsburgh's roster, lost Le'Veon Bell, about to lose Antonio Brown. I think they're on the downswing. So I would say probably 11, 11-5. 11-5, do you think they make the playoffs? Yeah, I think they win the division. I'm thinking 10-6. and six. Even though we have... Uh, pretty easy schedule and the division is collapsing in front of us except for us ourselves um i think we're still going to lose a few games because you can't expect 11 wins from a team that was just two years ago 0 and 16 even though they have probably a franchise quarterback and uh upcoming defense yeah we don't like to hear that in here yeah about that they were 0 and 16 we're on the big show now you gotta start being positive with that I think we'll go 10 and 6 I don't think we'll win the division I think we'll get the wild card I think it'll come down to late games in December and I well I'll see some games on the schedule right now and I'm looking at them like well I think the Patriots will beat us because we're in Foxborough yeah one thing I think is really weird is Danny Shelton's a free agent so obviously we got a third round pick for Danny Shelton this year Help the Patriots win the Super Bowl. So my question is, with D-Tackle, do you think it would be interesting to bring Danny Shelton back? I would not bring him back. 
he's a big guy that just takes up space. He doesn't make plays. He's just well known for his size. Do you think we need that though? Because Miles Garrett off the edge usually draws a double team, and if we can bring someone in like Grady Jarrett or Open Joby up the middle, who usually draws a person or two, you think Dana Shelton just being a person who can just kind of like clog the run and then have like take up blockers? Do you think that's what we need? I'd prefer a guy like Sheldon Richardson or Grady Jarrett, like you said, because they're well known guys who are very talented and. They're good at getting to the quarterback from the inside, unlike Danny Sheldon, who just takes up space. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So, moving on, let's talk about the NFL draft here. So, do you, who do you guys want? Because I know it's very interesting. I think the top three needs for the Browns are tackle, defensive tackle, and then linebacker. Well, from the last time we were on the show... Um, I wanted Devin White, which I'm going to stick with that. But yeah. I want to hear what I want to hear. If you're you've changed now, so I want to hear what the expert Bryce has to say. Yeah, so you go first, Bryce. Um. Well, I noticed that the Browns, just like in free agency, they're looking at defensive players, which is very strong in free agency and uh, the draft. And um, I was looking at guys around our pick, also like Devin White, but. I, I agree with Owen, and I don't know about his... He has good potential, but he's questionable. But I like a guy named Dexter Lawrence for Clemson. He he's is... Yeah, he's kind of undervalued, I think, and has a lot of potential. And he's pretty well-known and can get to the quarterback, I think. Yeah, obviously. I feel like the only tackle I would be really comfortable with taking at 17 would be um, Alabama's tackle, Jonah Williams. Because I think he is the only certified, legit, day one starter, kind of like how Tunsil was coming out. I also wouldn't mind, I don't think it's the biggest need, but if we get a receiver, especially like DK Metcalf or AJ Brown, both out of Old Miss. Just want to make a comment, sorry to interrupt you, Owen, but uh, DJ Metcalf's grandfather was uh, the late great Eric Metcalf, who uh, single-handedly beat the Steelers in 1993. Yes, he was. So you have other linebacking prospects in this draft, which make it interesting, because Devin Bush, obviously a lot of character issues, but I think the talent's obviously there. He doesn't have the prototyp- or prototypical size, but his range is, I think, what stands out for me, at least. Yeah, I like him, but his background is questionable, like you said. If I were the Browns, I wouldn't take him, but knowing John Dorsey, I see the potential to take him, knowing the guys he likes to take and try to work with. One thing I thought was a great option at 17, now he's kind of off the board, is... Uh, Jeffrey Simmons of Mississippi State. He was a great D-tackle. I would have loved if we could have got him at 17 because he had character issues, so he was likely to fall, but towards ACL. So you'll know how he's going to come back from that, and then he's not going to be in the combine because of it. He's going to miss the full year. So I think he could be a great second or even third-round steal because, I mean, John Dorsey has a past of signing people with character issues. You've seen Callaway, Tyree Kill, drafting Cream Hunt, and then signing Cream Hunt for the Browns. So... Speaking about bringing, uh, signing people, the Browns are in contract uh, talks with uh, Rashad Pyramid right now and Rashad Higgins. Do you think they'll sign both of them back? Because they haven't talked to uh, Jamie Collins yet. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, we have the cap space, we could sign both. I think it all depends. I would personally like to see Perryman more than I would Higgins because I feel like Perryman just, like, he brings something that we don't have and it's just absolute burner. Because like, I feel like Higgins is good, but I feel like we could replace Higgins more easily than we could Perriman. 
because we got Perriman for a steal in the first place from Baltimore when they just cut him for nothing. That's and we, a first round pick too. Yeah, the twenty fifth overall pick out of UCF. I think we. I think we should resign them both because Perryman has that good deep threat, while Higgins has very good chemistry with Baker Mayfield, and they're very good friends on and off the field. But there was a guy in the draft named AJ Brown. I was looking at him until I heard about his surgery. That could possibly make him drop in the draft. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that. But I could see the Browns possibly taking him, but it's, it, it depends. Well, thank you for joining us today, Bryce. You were great seeing or being here. We hopefully get to see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Bryce. Okay, so a little bit more on the draft. I think one thing that's really interesting is getting a quarter next to Denzel Ward. So obviously, we didn't have, going into the year, we didn't know where our secondary was going to be because we didn't know how Randall was going to play, transitioning from corner to free safety, how Peppers was going to do it all because we moved him everywhere. We also had, uh, we also had uh, Breen Bidey Calhoun playing yeah. nickel, which I thought he could have started except when uh, Gaines and, uh, uh, I forgot his name, Gaines and... Uh, uh, Terrence, not Terrence, Terrence Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, Terrence Mitchell got hurt. Yeah, there's definitely a couple in the draft that are interesting prospects. So I think number one corner that gets talked about the most is Greedy Williams out of LSU. So you see him. One thing I think is interesting is he's not really a zone cornerback. So I think Great or Greedy Williams will only go to a team that really needs him as kind of like a deep third corner. Uh, other corners that are talked about for being first-round prospects is a guy out of Washington, Byron Murphy, who I've seen jump up a ton of boards. I've also seen uh, Lonnie Johnson out of Kentucky, who's been talked about, and DeAndre Baker out of Georgia, who's also in the conversation for, is he the number one corner in the draft? And I think that's an important question to ask, because you see a couple years ago, you had Jalen Ramsey coming out. You knew he was going to be like a stud cornerback coming out. And it doesn't appear like it is going to be in this draft, mainly because of D lineman. But do you think there could be a cornerback could play up to the Denzel Ward, Jalen Ramsey level? There probably could be. I do not know at the time right now. I I don't know because right now I'm, I was looking at linebacker to replace that more. I wasn't yeah. thinking that. I think we could go sign like some guy and teach him how to do it, like an undrafted free agent or something yeah. like that. Oh, man, I think one thing that is super interesting is should we trade up because we've obviously the last couple of years we've traded down a ton but one thing you see is we have assets like trading Dane Shell, we have an extra third Carlos Hyde who only got like 120 yards with Jacksonville that whole rest of the season we got a free fifth round pick for it so I think that's pretty good and then you know should we trade up to get because we're going from like talking about like these mid-tier first round picks the potentially getting like a Kellen Farrell, Quinton Williams, if like somehow he fars, or like Josh Allen, or even like an elite level receiver or tackle. So, what do you think about that? I think I would only. Tra- I'm a. I'm seeing the fan boat of uh, Devin White. I'm sorry, I'm not going to change my mind about that with how uh, uh, JB Collins played last year. Yeah. But uh, I I think if the only way we should trade up is if it's to get. Devin White. If not, I think we should stay where we're at and draft. Uh, uh, if he's not there, I would go with either DJ Metcalf, who hopefully is going to fall, or an offensive tackle. Yeah, so um, probably going the one last segment before. Do you want to give a quick score update on the college basketball? Yep. Okay. 
Score update for spring training games. It is currently... Uh, Marlins are tied to the Cardinals 1-1 one, one, in the bottom of the f- bottom of the fourth. Twins are beating Twins are losing to the Orioles 6-1 in the bottom of the fourth. Pirates are up 1-0 bottom of the sixth to the Phillies. Red Sox are up 6-3 to the Yankees in the bottom of the fourth. Tigers are up 4-0 to the Blue Jays in the bottom of the sixth. The Braves are losing are still losing to the Mets 3-2 in the bottom of the fifth. That is your currently uh, spring training. Scores in your college basketball scores after the shocker, the upset number five, Tennessee in uh, overtime. Auburn is losing 64-34 to con- number four Kentucky in the second half with about 11 minutes left. Iowa State is losing by eight at halftime, 36-28 to to TCU, who is unranked. Ohio State is losing 33-28 to to 24-ranked Maryland at half. And at halftime, Purdue came back and is up 38-36 to 36 to uh, unranked North Carolina. Or uh, Nebraska. Sorry, North Carolina plays Florida State later tonight. Your Cleveland Indians have not played since, uh, have, do not play until 3.05. That's going to be an exciting game to see them out there. See all the new faces, how they look. Yeah, so let's go wrap it up. One more segment. Let's talk about the Indians again. So what do you think? Your prediction for the Indians is, I know you said around like 95 games. No, that's what that, I was reading about that. I said around uh, 85. Oh, you think around 85. Yep. So, do you think that the window's closed? Because obviously we had the time where we made a World Series, then we made the second round, lost to Yankees. Do you think our window's closed, or do you think we still have, like, this is one last year, or how long do you think it'll last? I think it's closed. Really? Yeah, the fact that our Dolan Twins don't pay for anybody, and our farm system's completely trashed. Yeah. Like, we put a... Excuse me, we put everything in for the uh, World Series run, and because we didn't win, then it stopped. Yeah, one thing I think has to be questionable is trading our top prospect for a reliever. Yeah. Who did we get? Was Brad Hand? I think it was. I think it was. Was the prospect like Francisco Mejia? That, that we is away? that is that the uh, catching prospect? Yes, but the one who I'm really irritated about is when we the uh, center fielder we traded the Yankees. Yeah, that's who I wanted to trade Corey. I want to trade Corey Kluber for mm-hmm. because he'll choke into the playoffs for the Indians. Yep. Yeah, one th- team that is super interesting is the Padres, just because Sammy Machado record deal in American sports. Plus, they have ten of the top 100 prospects in baseball, including two top 10 prospects. So I think that, you know, they can make a real run. I think especially with Detroit falling behind, Royals falling behind, this really could be the Indians' year. So another thing I want to talk about is kind of like what the future for the Indians could be. So, I mean, obviously, they don't have a great farm system now. They're on the background of their starting pitching. So maybe that, not even sure, really, like what the future has. Hopefully you get one more, one or two more years out of this run. Hopefully you can sign Lindor, Ramirez, or keep one of them. Because if you can't keep one of them, I think you have to try to trade someone for prospects. So uh, bring back is Bryce Moyer. So what do you think about all that? Um, well, I-, I think because of the Machado deal, I think uh, in the long run they're only going to be able to get um, Ramirez or Lindor. But I think they're going to make the smarter move and go after Lindor and Try to sign him to a ginormous deal just like Machado's. Yeah. One thing that is unfortunate about it is that deal will be the base for new mega contracts. Because obviously, yes, it will. Harper will try to top that. It's reported he wants at least $325 million. Yeah, probably with the Phillies. Yeah. Probably. I've seen Phillies, White Sox, and then 
just other random teams. Uh, I even saw the Padres where yep. Machado went to. Yeah. They're thinking about it. It's just kind of really unfortunate because a lot of those deals don't work out, but it's deals you have to make. So for me, it's, we don't have a high payroll because we're a mid, mid-market team. Yeah. So if we had to pay Lindor around $300 million, do you think it's even worth it because we're locked in 10 years with him? And while he'll be a fantastic player, do you think it'll prohibit the rest of the team from growing? I don't know. That's a tough question. I think it will hurt. I think it will hurt them in the long run because they're gonna have to sign up to a ginormous deal, and it's gonna take away a lot of their availability to sign other people. But who do you want? Do you want to deal with multiple like average players, or do you want to deal with Lindor, who you're guaranteed to get talent with? Yeah. One thing I think the Indians have to explore is, especially after this year potentially trading Jose Ramirez because it seems unthinkable that you want to trade him but why wouldn't you because right now I think after this year window will be officially closed because you're going to lose Kluber most likely Bauer um so I really think you have to try to get some prospects and rebuilds what do you think about that Nick yeah I, I, we got to rebuild I think you start getting draft picks rebuilding the farm system but yeah. we I'd like to think Bryce are dropping in again Thank you. It's always a fun time having him here. But I think uh, you got to rebuild after the like after I a couple years. I think you have to like, keep it this year. Though, yes. Because the division's so bad that you you have to take advantage of. Because who knows? The postseason stuff happens. So I think that you know hopefully you can get a good run going, and most likely we won't win the World Series, but hopefully we can. Still have a decent year. Enjoy the fans event. We're going to go back to, you know, not not necessarily dark days, but kind of like a rebuild, it, mild, a mild rebuild, hopefully, you know. Yeah, I know. I just don't. It's hard, to, it's hard because we went 52 years without, without a championship. Yeah, the longest running team without a winning World Series. So it definitely hurts a little bit. Yeah, at least we're not. So have 216, 216, baby. Yeah, so... All right, well, uh, we'd like to thank you for much. Nick Mori here with uh, Owen Hernan here. Yep, I'm here. Thank you for special guest Bryce Miller for joining us today. Have a good day, everyone.